0: It's Golcano and the Fish. I'm Jeff Golko. I call him Golcano. I'm Sam Fisher. And I call him the Fish. Let's go. What's up, fish? Yo. Hey, I I can't believe it. We we actually made it through season one of Golcano and the Fish. It it, it seems just like yesterday. We were on the phone, and after Talking on the phone for way too long, probably like we'd been a couple of freaking girls or something. Um, we finally said, Hey, let's, or brothers let's, let's, that had brother, seen. Each other for or a long brothers time. that we hadn't why seen each it, other.
1: Why does everybody make fun of girls talking to each other? I think if, we need to all talk more. If we all talk more, we'd all get along more.
0: All right. I take that back. I so apologize. We, we we're a couple of brothers homeboys. Had, There we go. All right. All right. <laughs> but anyways, it, it seems like just the other day where, where we had this, this crazy idea to To start a podcast, and then I remember we got excited, and we ordered our first microphones off Amazon, and then we got our second microphones. But here we are; we're on the the twelfth episode. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to be closing the curtain or dropping the curtain or whatever the metaphor is uh, of this season with with the two guys that are joining us. Yes, for for me personally, I I can't remember how, but I somehow found them on their Instagram, and I immediately became a fan. You know, it was a combination of not only the music, but it's what I would consider like just being open, just being themselves, not sugarcoating things, being raw, being humorous. And then of course, you know, it comes down to the talent. And then, you know, I I realized they're managed by one of our closest friends and and a past guest chiefs. And then I said, said, shit, I said, if, if chiefs with these guys, you know, there's there's something more to uh, be looked at here. So right out of the gate, right out of the gate, they're, they're killing it. You know, they've, they've made a name for themselves. They're doing things that, Take people years and years, and I'm sure it hasn't been overnight for them. And we'll talk about that. But you know, this past year, they've re- they've released their the debut EP, "Don't Give Away the Ending," which had a cut from Hardy. No easy task. A collaboration with Colby Kaye. No easy task. They've been signed the CAA. No easy task. They have a publishing deal with Sony. It's like these guys have had freaking Christmas, you know, uh, multiple times this year. And then at end to close it off, I mentioned they they the co managed by Simon and. Sure. Chief and the folks Scott over at 10th Street Entertainment, and for that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm excited that we are, you know, closing the season. Welcoming Adam Ernst, Michael Rotundo of After Midtown, and we're just going to have some fun to, to to close this thing out, boys. Thank you for for being here. I uh, I typically say to folks, you know, good luck, but. You know, having seen you guys uh, on your social media and talking with you, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be hand, be able to handle the uh, the tenacity and the, uh, the the toughness of of the questioning of uh, Sam Fisher.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us on, boys.
0: What's <laughs> up, <laughs> guys?
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yeah. Hey, and and I don't want y'all to mind, but, but this is our you know season finale. So I have a little, I have a little more in my cup than just coffee this morning. So
3: hey, let's do <laughs> it, <laughs> and, and, hey. dude! It's a it's a it's a finale. It's Friday. It's summertime. We're with the boys. Let's do it. I mean, let's go. On,
1: you know? Yeah, man. Like, and and you guys, are, you're launching a video. Um, you, you launched it already, right? So the videos videos out. Tell me, is that like a is it a, a a concert video, music video? What is it?
2: Yeah, we just That's about it. It just came out like right now, actually. Yeah, uh, it was like, just, <laughs> <you know. laughs>
3: like literally like,
2: right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a it's like a tour video that we turned into a music video. It's uh kind of takes you on a journey from from the bus to backstage to sound check to the show, and uh, it's basically like a video that tells you, hey, like you probably want to come fucking party with us.
1: Yes, <laughs> look, I I've, I've talked to you for ten minutes, and I'm like, yo, when can I come through, bro? Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell us all right I'm, I'm curious tell us about the name how'd you get that how'd you come up with that or who came up with that
3: the name um so i don't i mean generally i usually answer this question i don't know if <laughs> i came up with it but um <clears throat> i think it was collective it was just something that we it was like a phrase that we used to say like you know back in the in the early days which was like a year and a half ago uh <laughs> um, we would We would play downtown Nashville. We would play Midtown Nashville. And um, it was just something that I caught myself saying a lot. Like, what are y'all doing after Midtown? Like, after after the bars closed down here, Mm -hmm. like, what's going on? Is there a house party? Is there, you know, like, so that just kind of became a phrase that we said. And it was funny because we searched for, we searched. It felt like forever for a band name. And then one of the, you know, one day it just hit us. And it was like, man, that has such a nice ring to it. So that's where we went.
1: Oh When it has a story too, right? Like people uh, who don't know Nashville, right? The, the nightlife there is, is, is kind of weird because, you know, you have, you go to Broadway and you got all of the, you know, you got all those tourists and the, Correct. You know, yeah. whoever. And then, you know, you go to certain parts of the town and you've got like these, you know, you got ride arounds in some places. So then you might have cover stuff going on in another spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all the musicians are done with their work nights, and then they go out, right? And then you. So that's a whole nother nightlife. And uh, so I dig the name. If it, you know it, it tells that tells that story for you guys. When, hey, wait, a year and a half, by the way. I thought did,
3: did I hear that correctly? Uh it's been yeah, it's been a little over a year and a half now, I think, but uh, somewhere oh, in between there and two years, oh, yeah. Well, well, okay. So how did so
1: how did that do, okay how did y'all come together then?
3: Uh, Mikey, you want
2: to tell this one? Yeah, sure. By the way, after Midtown, it's also our initials. Mind-blowing. But Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah we <laughs> tried.
3: We tried forever. So just the, not to jump back, but like we wanted we wanted to name ourselves <laughs> just AM at first. And uh, our our buddy, he's actually now our tour manager. He's like, that's a marketing nightmare. So no <laughs> to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, then we we start, like I said, we went on the search, but um, we were still lucky enough to be able to keep. Even I just wanted the AM thing, even for like a drumhead, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but anyways, the uh, Mikey, Mikey hit me up a few years ago um, when we met a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. We met through a mutual friends. You want to take and over? You guys were you guys were both living in Nashville at the time, Mike?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd uh, I'd kind of just moved here. I'd mm-hmm. really only been li- I moved here in like the summer of 2019. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I'd kind of been like in and out a bunch before that. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I finally like actually picked up and changed my address then. And uh, right in time for a playing. pandemic, bro. Good job. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> was like, and
1: hey, uh, welcome, welcome to Nashville. Now get inside and stay
2: there. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> where
1: where <laughs> but, uh, where were you living?
0: Where Where were you from originally? Where where were you living before? <laughs>
2: we originally from this little town, like a little bit north of Cincinnati. It's like kind of, it's like super farmland, but like also someone probably grows bass in their backyard. Hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. But um, <laughs> yeah, I moved, I, I lived there. And then I, I moved down to Lexington, Kentucky for a couple of years. And then uh, I was like, yeah, screw this. I'm just going to go after this thing. So I went down to Nashville in uh, the summer of 2019 and uh, I, I was playing like a, me and Adam were both doing like our own solo thing, mm-hmm. like solo artist thing. And Adam would play guitar for people on the side for extra money because that's just how Nashville is, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I needed a guitar player for the string of shows down in Florida. And uh, my buddy was like, "Yo, you should hit up my friend Adam. He's a monster. Like whatever." So I did, and we went and played some shows together quickly learned he's much, much more than just a guitar player. And uh, neither of us really wanted to be in a duo, but I don't know, we just became best friends quick. And now I can't imagine any any different because we sat down and wrote our first song together in like February last year. And and that was Boys Like Us and the rest is kind of history.
1: Did, um, yeah, when you put that, when you put that song out, was that the one that, that was the one that got everybody's attention? Or did you already have some of that bubbling up
2: beforehand? No, it was it was that yeah. Like yeah. we we uh we were down at our buddy Tommy's house in West Palm Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. We were just half drunk on his back porch. He's, bro, he's West a pool, Palm Beach, whole... West Palm Beach, Florida is a party, bro. Yeah, and he had <laughs> yeah. like his his house was just a party. You know what I'm saying? Like he had a bar yeah. in the backyard with a keg on tap, the whole thing. Yeah. But we were sitting there, and Adam was like, "Yo, I got this little banjo riff, man." And he was, I was like, "Well, let me hear it." So I heard it, and I loved it. I was like, "Well, let's try to write to this." Just started talking some shit and writing it down. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to Nashville and recorded it and uh, sent it to some friends in the industry. And one of those friends was Scott Frazier with 10th Street. Yeah, but I had met him a couple of years ago and uh, he called me within like 10 minutes. He was like, yo, yep. this is the fucking juice. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. You, you hear that song
1: like, from like for jump. You're like, oh, this one's going to yep. go. <laughs>
2: yeah. But so, like, but you know, but I mean, as the artist, like you always think your music is the shit. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like
0: the, or or as a manager, you think that your artist's music is okay. The shit. All right, no, no, no. So I'm gonna so, so I will tell
1: you that. So I'm an old manager, right? I've been managing artists now for damn near 20 years, and the amount of cynicism that creeps in unabated is like it's it's shocking. I remember like I went from my artist sending me a song. I'm like, it's a hit, bro. Let's go. We're going to, we're going to turn it out to like, yeah, man, it's a pretty good song, man. Let's see what happens. Now I'm like, that ain't a hit, bro. I'm going to need you to do a little bit better than that. And, and and so it's, it's, and it's, it's weird. Cause I I feel like I have to play that expectation game with my artist, even if I'm excited about it, because if I don't, when they do turn in the one, like I need them to know that I know that that's the right song. So I have to like try to balance my celebrations with the artist. But but no, I if I was your manager at the time and I heard that song, I would have I would have been knocking on every door. I could knock on. So that, that makes sense. So you, so bro. Scott was the first one through the door. Um, what and did how'd you end up with up Chief? Stuff? Yeah, it was like, how did you get Yeah, Chief?
2: Adam are you, bro?
3: We uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> we uh so, boy. So, first of all, boys actually wasn't the first song we recorded. Um, okay. We had a cu- We had a couple other ones laying around. Um, I know we had one for sure recorded before boys. Uh, and and actually, but it was the first song we wrote. Right. Yes. Yeah. First song we wrote. Yeah. But but in, in terms of having something done to send off to somebody, like I think was that the was that the first song you sent off, Michael? I mean, this is kind well, of.
2: We- we had done, uh, we had done, we recorded last call Sip and boys like us. And I sent them both at the same time. Oh, okay. I see. And, the, and they didn't give a shit.
3: That about was, the other that one. was okay. So <laughs> that, yes. And that was just the one they kind of grabbed onto. Um, but anyways, so Scott Frazier from 10th street, um, you know, he, up, up until I guess really us, you know, he, he was, he was known as more of a rock manager. Um, and, you know, it was Saving Abel's manager. And that's where he met Chief back in the day when they opened for Nickelback. Um, you know, with Chief having the FGL and the, the country experience, um, you know, Scott thought it was a good idea to kind of bring somebody else in. Um, you know, could, could help us, uh, you know, in the Nashville market a little better. Yeah. So yeah. that's Enter Chief. And Chief had his own thing, you know, going on with, uh, with the core. Uh, with mm-hmm. Simon Sigmund, so, so even that you know that right. It's funny hearing you talk about manager stuff, and uh, you know, compared to like managers and artists, think a little bit different sometimes. But even those guys have like they have their own unique situation going on. With it. they're a little team, you know. It's not a single manager for us, mm-hmm. so uh, it's pretty neat. But but yeah, Chief uh, Chief is the is the man. I mean. He is like literally our, our dad. (laughs) He's our, he's our brother, you know, all all three of those guys we could say the same for. Yeah. All right. So I always ask,
1: um, I like to ask artists this. Usually I ask them this when I am thinking about releasing, you know, releasing a record on my label or if I'm going to manage them or if I'm just going to refer them to people. So I'll ask them two questions. The first question is who. Do people compare you to? Like, who do people think you guys are when they hear your songs, when they see you play live, whatever? The second question is, who do you think you are? Right? Like, Adam who you-
2: on three. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, three. FG Georgia George Line.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, well, that's like, that's the obvious, like, easy comparison, right? Because yeah. of what? Like, you Know because of our manager and but also because of the well, music. you're a duo, right? And the music, and the is you know, I was,
0: I was gonna say, I thought you guys really sounded like Dan and Shay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, do feel Here,
1: like so, Dan, I do feel like Dan and Shay were like a counter programming, right? They were like, We can't keep putting out these Florida Georgia Line records, we need some boyfriend country. And when you, like, I hate that it even
3: got labeled as boyfriend country. Me first too, of all. I hate when people label like that, like, same bro, same. Yeah. When you got
2: a fucking voice like that, though, hey, sing whatever the fuck. You like, want. Oh <laughs> yes. my god. I
3: mean, come on. Yeah, dude. Our, dude, voices. I remember
1: like six years ago, uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, we were on over on State Street. We used to live in a spot right behind. Um, over. I keep forgetting the club name over there, but we lived right behind there, and that was the first time I heard a Dan and Shay song, and I was like, "Who the hell is that? Where does that voice come yeah. from?" I was like, <laughs> "If they get the right song, it's gonna be a rap. So, you know. But anyway, yeah, so
3: keep going. So you get the well, Florida Georgia Line comparison. Does that bug you at all? No, not at all. I mean, yeah. that was like, you know, I, we we actually got a chance to write with Tyler Hubbard from FGL uh, mm-hmm. not too long ago. And like I told him, I was like, man, you know, his voice was literally like the soundtrack to the basically my senior year of high school slash, yeah. you know, right after high school. I mean, the first two FGL records really shaped um i think they were way ahead of their time first of all they really shaped Agreed. my personal personal opinion of 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 writing and country music and uh yeah man i, I think i think those guys are great i that's a great comparison you know it's, yeah. it feels like we're doing something right when you hear that kind of stuff
1: right so it's like when you when when you guys are like going so here's here's kind of where we're going to set ourselves up and then your the market hears it and says yeah we agree Right, I think that's the the perfect marriage. You know, it's
3: interesting because I think that like it, that's a funny comparison. Obviously, that like we kind of expect that one, but what people don't and I usually counter with this, and I and I'll say I think we're more like Montgomery Montgomery Gentry in a, in oh, a that's lot a of ways. Good one, yeah. You know, because yeah, yeah. you know, they were a little more 50-50 with their vocals, and they were kind of ahead of their. They had a, more of a rock edge, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Like we do as well, so I think that's actually a closer comparison when it went well, musically when it comes down to it. But
1: no, I appreciate. Yeah. That. No, I actually, I, I, I would, I agree with you. When I, when I, you know, I have heard a couple of your songs and I'm like, you know, I get the Florida Georgia line thing, but I think it's just more of a recency bias. I think it's what right. people, yeah, no, and then they see Chief standing there, and you know, and it, and they just assume yeah. that's what that is. You know, um, percent.
2: They're also okay. ahead of their time, so I think like I think when you hear our music like yeah our music's very right now but also like FGL was so ahead of their time they like i mean bro you could put out cruise today and that's a that's a smash, that's a smash you know right? what i mean yeah, yeah, absolutely. and so it's one of those things where it's like i i think that that you know it's it's not something we try to be by any means i just think like dude they i mean they were they were what is country music for 10 fucking years still are so hey, it's like hey, it was impossible to not be influenced by that
1: and no look no cap right like I, you could go to a the hood of the hoods where all the brothers is chilling on the corner they hanging out like shirts off whatever and you put that maybe you're some... and they're like yo and it, like they, they turn up brand and, and that and i'm like <laughs> that to me was uh, i used to tell people i was like you guys have no clue man black people love country music bro i was like, you they just don't feel invited like if you were to yeah. you know give give them something to to pull in on they would and i think Bro. florida georgia lime showed that now you have you know yeah, you, you have jimmy allen walking through that door you got god knows how many beautiful mm-hmm. singing black you know country singers so you know anyway i got nothing but love for florida georgia lime but they do get a little hate outside
2: of and, things and by the by the way that's something that we talk about a lot is like uh like wanting to be very inclusive with our music. And what I mean by that is nothing Mm -hmm. cheesy. What I'm saying is like, like when I was growing up, I didn't listen to country that much, right? Like my, you know, everybody had like a grandpa or their parents love country music and that's why they sing it now. Couldn't be further from the truth for me, right? (laughs) And like, I grew up on like a bunch of like emo rock and I loved like J. Cole, Mac Miller, all those guys, Mm -hmm. right? But I remember when I started to get into country in high school and shit, because some of my buddies liked it. I liked the music, but I was, like, scared to listen to it because I was like, man, everyone knows I'm not like this <laughs> country dude. So, like, me and Adam have always said, like, hey, like, we want to make sure that kid that lives in the suburbs that goes to a field party once every three months and wants to listen to fucking Jason and can listen to our shit. And, like, we love them yes. for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's always been important to us.
1: Yeah, all right. So it, I, I am I am a little older than you guys. My – the first country – artists that i was like all right i'm a big fan of this guy i'm gonna buy everything he's got was sammy kershaw and i remember like bro like bumping all of his records they would come out day one i'd go get the cd and i'd pop it in my car i'd be riding around and my my homies would get in the car they'd be like bro what bro what you doing bro what you listening to i was like nah listen to the lyrics and that i would and that's how i would get my friends to um, you know, to to get into the music, and it and they would always say the same thing, man. I like country music, man. They tell a story, um, and then you fast forward, and I think there was a period where, um, and Florida, Georgia, line, I think, has something to do with it, where track became more important, where vibe and groove and stuff, and it wasn't so much about the the story, right? Um, but Nashville Absolutely. kept writing stories. When I when I listen to your records, it feels like there's a little bit more there's a little more meat behind what you're saying. And it's not just about the vibe and the party for you. Is that something that's intentional? Or are you both guys approaching this like we're songwriters and this is just how we sound?
3: I, you know, I think we, you know, we go into any writer's room just kind of wanting to either, either make a, a song song or a good vibe or, or a mixture of both. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's some of our favorite music. And I, you know, speak for the both of us. Some of our favorite music, I mean, lyrically is nothing special. There's songs out there that are probably in my top five songs that, you know, lyrically are nothing special. And, um, you know, but the vibe in the writing is still there, which is awesome. Um, you know, I, both of us appreciate the hell out of, of you know, like there, it's funny. One of, one of the things we were writing with a buddy of ours the other day, and he said, uh, I'm not trying to fill the bluebird, meaning the bluebird cafe <laughs> yeah. here in Nashville, which is like yeah, tell you know, people tell them more... tell the listeners about Bluebird. So they would So the Bluebird it, so in Nashville they do like songwriters rounds and you can go out pretty much any day of the week and hear um hear the songwriters live, you know, like five feet in front of you. Um mm-hmm. kind of live, like, you know, hear them in a in an intimate environment where they perform all these radio hits that you know and love. Um but what, what that statement meant was like, you know, oh, there's songs that are the more ballady, more lyrical, um smart approach, you know, and there's stadium anthem party songs that the lyrics really don't mean anything. Um, but we're trying to do both. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. why not do both? Why not, you know, um we appreciate we're we're such, you know, fans of songwriting and and that we, you know we appreciate a, a good song of the year <laughs> as well yeah. as well as the uh as well as the party anthem that makes you want to uh rip your t-shirt off and, and shotgun a and beer so well you, well, you do kind of need both right because you guys are
1: writing you're writing songs you hope will become the soundtrack for someone you know and, and for sure and it in is way. working yeah. right yeah and like uh like mike said earlier he goes um, you know, for that guy that's gonna go to going to go out and hang out at the, like the fill party bonfire, or whatever, every three months, <laughs> he's bumping y'all's records, right? And like, I think that is um, that is what a, a lot of artists. I think the new ones that are coming up, they don't really think so much about that. A lot of times, they're like, I want to do what my favorite artist is doing. Or I want to do what I see my friends doing. Some are like, I just want to go have fun. But it really is about connecting the listener's life to your lyric or you're trying to like help them sort out their own perceptions of, of the world through your eyes. Right. Um, You
0: also, you also want to, you know, you're also trying to create your own sound. So if some son hears a song, they're not thinking like, Oh, is this a FGL? They're saying, Oh yeah, this is after Midtown. You know, that, what is that, that distinct sound that you're building along with those stories? Well, that's, yeah, a good, that's, just, that's a good point, Jeff. Go, go ahead, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be quiet for the next 20. <laughs> you stay in your corner, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sam, Sam lets me talk once every 18 minutes, so the buzzer went off, so I like, shit, i got to come up with something fucking good to say.
2: But we also, like, in in the best way, in the most productive way possible, we don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. And what, what, what I mean by that is, like, dude, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you know, when we were 20 years old, people like me and Adam were trying to write what's on the radio. You know what I mean? Exactly. You try to write to the radio, and that's one of the biggest mistakes a songwriter can make. Now, man, Amen. We just, Amen. Say, now, say
1: that one more time.
2: <laughs> to all you kids out there, don't be writing to the radio. Right? But yeah, man, we just we just make what what we know that we love, and we just hope that people rock with it too, and they do. And at the same time, like. Country music is changing. You know, we respect the OGs. We got a lot of love for all the old stuff. But, like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, Adam loves like traditional country, right? And I got a lot of respect for it too. But at the same time, like, yo, these days, you know, if you want to go play to the 50 year old biker crowd, go do it. Like, I'm trying to play to the 23 <laughs> year old girls every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, hey, you, and you can have both. Well, there's where the. You can, you can write a song. <laughs> that, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and you can write the songs that that people appreciate lyrically that have a hook that's going to tear your heart out. And we try to do that shit too. But at the end of the day, for us at like the social media is cool. The photo shoots are cool. The videos are cool. Blah, 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 blah. But if we don't fucking melt your face off live, we feel like what are we even doing it for? We're about the energy, about that action. Like that's just us.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So that's a perfect segue. Cause I was about to ask about that. So now like, you know, I I read somewhere where band is bands in town, you know, that, that app or whatever that people put Mm -hmm. their shows up on, they said 78% of the new shows coming online that were being promoted were all in person live shows, Um, which I, it shocked me. I didn't think that was going to be that high. Um, So I had to be, I mean, that had to be like welcome news for you guys. Um, because you do strike me as the, as like a live band first. And even talking about like the beginning of your, you know, you guys' journey together started out playing, playing shows together and stuff. So what, um, how, how did you guys handle all the different rules, restrictions, and, and, and your own desire to get out in front of your fans? It was very early on in your development and stuff. Did that, how did that, how did you guys navigate the pandemic?
3: Well, I, it was, um, first of all, I mean, it was, you know, it was really tough for us. Um, cause we were, we were just a live band, you know, for, for quite some time. That's really the only thing that we had going on other mm-hmm. than writing, um, you know, and, and this is prior to our Sony publishing deal and all this stuff too. So it's like, you um, didn't even have any money coming in. Really the financial phone. stress of it, it was, was yeah. probably the worst side of it. Um, as it, as is probably for everybody, mm mm-hmm. um, But did you guys guys have to do any like odd gigs and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we've you know, we rolled with all the punches. Um, Mm -hmm. We were playing cover shows at the time, just kind of a mixture of both, you know, as we were starting to write more songs for ourselves. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it was really the states were different. So we would just try to travel to, you know, wherever we could have whatever would make sense financially. And it didn't it wasn't even really about the the capacity or the crowd size or anything at that point, we were just like really just trying to pay our bills. So it was you know? more like so, you
1: were chasing more of the guarantees
3: and getting, try, trying to get the, the yeah, exactly. The, just, you know, yeah. taking the gigs that were smart and whatever makes sense. And, and, um, uh, but uh you know, not, not shortly after kind of when, after Corona started is, is really when we started to pick up steam. That's when we met Scott and uh you know, we were just so blessed last year to, to get a publishing deal, you know, with our Sony fam shout out. Um, when we did, because it was just such a game changer, Mm. not only financially, but I mean, you know, I remember Mikey and I just kind of looking at each other the day that we signed and like, dude, like this is, this is really it. You know, this is awesome. So, um, but no, you became pros, right? It's like, that's when you're like, oh yeah, now we're professional doing this. It was a check. (laughs) Yeah. But the tour, yeah, the touring up to then and and the shows up to then were, were really, um, I don't know. You know, we were just trying to t- just make the best of it as of anybody, you know?
2: So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think oh. we went into it with the approach of like, yo, Hey, we obviously can not do shit else. Nobody can, but like we, we were, re- we recognized that we were kind of picking up steam a little bit. So we just went into it with the mentality of, Hey, we're going to write the best songs that we can every day. And when this shit's over, we're going to come out. Swimming. Yeah, man. And that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, let, but, let, but let's let be real. You officially made it when you got your first fucking bus. Yeah. Dude. Let's talk about that. I mean, come on, bus. man. Like, you know, rent, I mean, it. <laughs> rent it. Okay. Okay, rent it. okay. It don't matter. A bus is a bus.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah. Cause um, <laughs> I mean, in tour bus rentals, that's, that's expensive, but so that, but that does indicate that you were probably doing okay. You you're doing okay. Live now you're able to support.
0: It's like a progression. You go from like the, like the, the Honda Civic, to like a, a, a SUV to like a minivan to like a 15 passenger van and then boom you got a you got you got something that has wheels and a bed
2: you made it! I can tell you right now, <laughs> me and Adam have taken way more shitty rides on Honda Odysseys with no air conditioning Bro. than we ever have in in buses. Bro, that
3: could be that could be an episode. That could be an episode of this podcast in itself. Like, tell me about the first van you guys tore. <laughs> yes. All right. Look, I
1: I remember I was uh, I went to a show when this is way back in the nineties. <laughs> it was like thirty years ago, and I was on my way to a show, and I ran out of gas, and I was like. 30 minutes 30 like 25 miles 30 minutes from the show and i had no money show was gonna pay me like 450 it was like a cover gig you know you do those little menu venue gigs and um and i was like i gotta get to this gig bro and i got no money so i had two dollars and i was like that's not enough gas so i basically got i I, I, because back then you could get the pump to run without your credit card or debit card or whatever. So I got five dollars of gas and just drove off. But I put two dollars in an envelope with a note that says, I, "I'm so sorry. I will pay this back." <laughs> and like, I went, did the gig, got the money, you know, sold some merch, whatever. I came back and paid for my gas on the way back. But that, but that's the kind of stuff that happens when you know when you're trying to get get it going. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what other. I drove in a. Um, I drove in a, a, a conversion van that had no air conditioner, and it would break down every hundred miles if we didn't put water in the engine.
2: Oh um, yeah, dude. been there.
1: Yeah, And you have to like wait for it to cool <laughs> off.
2: So it was like we would build in like three hours of engine cool time. That <laughs> our last van that we had got towed in Florida. Okay, it broke oh, down. Yeah, it broke down, and we left we- it, and we it got towed, and we haven't seen it since.
1: <laughs> oh, hey! True story. <laughs> so, I had, had an artist in mind. He was doing pretty well. We bought um, an RV to convert into like this tour thing for a hundred grand. We buy the RV. I, the insurance is like we don't even have the paperwork. All I was, was all I had, is a phone call and an email confirm. And that sucker broke down and was untowable in like South Carolina or someplace crazy, and we never, we had to total the thing. It, they were like, nope, this is, this is gone forever. Here's your, here's your check. <laughs> like, like 100 it was a hundred grand. It 100 grand. <laughs> and it was like, uh, so it's like, I can, I can tell you, tell you all kinds of nightmares. When, um, at, at the end, we, we chose the 15 passenger van and trailer route. We had like a seven by 14. Um, and to this day, I don't look in the rear view mirror or turn around to back up. I still use my, Side mirrors to back up because that's all I was used to doing on the road.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's kind of what we're doing now. I mean, like we take yeah. this uh Chief and them rented us that, that bus for like our first like big show back out of quarantine, you know, we went down there and played with Hardy and Nico Boon. Yeah, yeah. And uh and then it was like a nice little tease, and then we get thrown right back in a sprinter. But <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> The Sprinter's dope. It's like tour it's, bus. it got like bunks, a lounge, yeah, TV, yeah. PlayStation, the whole shit. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: I actually like Sprinters. I like Sprinters more than tour buses because you, because you still get to feel, um, you get to feel that, 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 that energy and camar- camaraderie of like all of you guys together in it, in a tour bus, man, people are just, people are in the bunk. They're in the back room. They're sitting up with the driver. They're like on the couch, whatever. It's like, you, you all can, not you get in your own world when you're on a tour bus, I think. Um, and then, you know, and then I reached the age now where I'm like, that shit hurts my back. I'm not ever getting back on one. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, But, uh, um, so what, what's, so what's up coming for you guys now? What's next? You got any tours or any new music? What's coming up?
3: Uh, really, we're just writing like crazy and, and trying to prepare for, um, you know, we're, we're thinking the next EP or, or album potentially, uh, will be in the fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, we're just kind of gathering our songs for that, um, uh, just slowly but surely and uh, just writing like crazy um, we got a lot of one-off shows coming up you know um, mm-hmm. that we're starting to you know it's not really full full touring yet uh, as probably a lot of you know but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah we got like you know some one-offs coming up some runs some three or four day runs Yeah. Um, just with you know whoever um, so we're just excited man we're excited to we think personally that we're going to break more on touring um, with the kind of actors we are so uh, we're we're super excited to get it rolling this year.
1: Man, that is man, that's fantastic. And are you? Um, it, I mean, we're all about scoops here. So you got any breaking news? Like any artists that you're going to go on tour with, or that you're allowed that's... to talk about or mention, <laughs> or no?
2: Uh, I, first of all, don't care if we're allowed or not. Uh,
0: yeah. i had a
1: feeling that was the answer uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, i'm gonna yeah. scrim- look i'm gonna take that one and make that into a, a meme <laughs> i don't know yeah hell yeah if i'm allowed that's,
2: that's that's i've always wanted to live in infamy you know yeah but um no we got we haven't announced them yet um but i know that we're doing like we're doing like four shows in september with uh Kit moore mm. that we're excited about in like the Northeast. And then uh, I think we got one coming up in like a month with uh, Nico Moon. And it's yeah, it's like kind of spacey right now just because, yeah. you know, still coming out of COVID. But yeah, some, some cool shit coming up we're excited about.
1: Yeah, well, nice. and, then, and and it's like a mad dash for shows now, right? Because everybody is trying to get in and then promoters are trying to make the money that they lost over the last two years. So
0: You saw it last week. It was like, all of a sudden it was like quiet for months and then like 10 different tours were all announced within like six minutes of each other. I remember yeah. last week, my email, like all access. So it was like, boom, breaking news, boom, breaking news, breaking news. Mm-hmm. It was right. just, everyone was going for that same, you know, well of people's attention on show dates. But the reality of it is, I mean, people have been cooped up that, you know, people are dying for to see live music. I mean, I went to go see Jimmy when he was here a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, you could, people were just, just so happy just to be out of the house and just, Listening to live music and it just—I mean, even when you're watching like sports, I mean, you know, we were, you know, my Bruins won last night, of course, but just to my, see like my stadiums Lakers got their teeth kicked in, bro. I'm so disappointed about
1: the Lakers right now. <laughs> uh, well, my well, yeah, my, 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 my,
0: my, well, my my Celtics season was ended the other night too, but it's just so good to see like stadiums full again. It feels weird to see it, but at the same time, it's just it's just awesome. Just know. To, you know, well,
2: Should all right, so go ahead, Mike. Our dude, uh, Tenpenny and Ernest, they went and played this thing in Illinois last night. And it was, if you look at the photos, it's fucking wild. Like normal, real life, and it looks great. But like what a lot of people don't realize as well that aren't in the industry, at least, is like we're facing some challenges this summer because there's so many, like nearly all the festivals and shit like that that are happening are all rescheduled dates Ex- of the lineup. Oh, believe are believe me,
0: believe me, I have an artist, I manage uh, it. right now, we're trying to get on festivals <clears> and they're saying, oh, we're all set, we just moved everybody into from last the summer and it's like, right. oh yeah, it's horrible.
1: Um, And look, and I think too, like, I, 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 just from a social standpoint, I, I think we need concerts and sports, we need malls open again because remember like, people used to just walk around the mall and chill. People go to concerts and you might not like, you might not like the same baseball team. You might not like the same, whatever you might not like, you might not have the same political views or all of that shit. But when you get in a, in a, at a show and you're all singing the same song together, you get the same emotion. You feel Like, I just think the world needed that. So I'm Bro, happy to see stuff coming back.
2: When, when's the last time you were at, when's the last time you were at a concert? At a big ass amphitheater or something, drinking a beer, just singing the words, and the and the dude next to you is too. When's the last time you gave a shit about that dude's political views? Right, never, never. never. Yeah, oh, when well, all these people, me and Adam, not political guys by any means, will never speak on that shit. Y'all do what you want to do. We support you, but like, dude, win it. When all anyone has to do is just sit around and stew on that shit, like, oh man, dude, it's right. just brutal. So. Everybody, yeah. get out and live your fucking
1: lives, <laughs> All right, bro? I was like, I used to, I was telling people that like a few months ago. I was like, go. I was like, we locked ourselves in a room, and then all we did was look for reasons to hate each other. Get out and go for a walk, <laughs> like go, do something. Go meet other people because that is oh, yeah. we're not meant to be that, you know. No. Um, guys, like I am real excited about about bands like y'all, right? Like I, I hope that you see some real success. And um, I w- want to be able to say that, like, yeah, we had After Midtown on our, on our podcast. Um, <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah, but listen, here's Thanks. the deal. Before, just, so, yeah. just
0: so you know, everybody, Sam, I don't know if you realize, but we've had so many people that have come on our show that since they've been on, amazing things have happened for them. Like, straight up, David Del Rio came on, Right. Oh, that's right. Flux. His show had been canceled by ABC, and what happened two weeks later? ABC signs him. He's he's the lead on a brand new show, right? Yep. Nate Smith. Nate Smith came on our show. Yeah. He was he was a little under 10 million streams. Now, Chief, yesterday everybody's posting. He's got 17 million. So, I'd like to say that we're like you know, <laughs> we can be we're beautiful. an incubator and in like a birth <laughs> ground of like, yeah. I mean, you real. guys have fate. vision. That's
2: what it is. That is that's no, what it listen. is. No, listen, yeah. fake fake sure. <laughs>
0: Faith Shula, who's an artist of mine, who who oh, we should. Oh yeah, damn, she's done like, like thirty thousand
1: streams. <clears throat> well, on
0: <done>. <laughs> right, Faith came on here two weeks ago. Her numbers were really low. She put out the song. She got she got a uh, Apple called her song a best new country song. Spotify playlisted her. This one playlisted her, and she's all, yeah. So we do something about this thing. So we will come back and say, hey, these guys had AM because we're going to call you AM. We don't care if it's a freaking trademarking. You know, come at come at us, come at us. We have no money.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by Home Depot, by the way. <laughs> yeah. so y'all know. No free shout outs. None. <laughs> hey, we got a question for y'all before we before we go or whatever yeah. y'all's playing is. We got a question for y'all. Go for yeah. it.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Y'all are obviously music guys, right? I got asked this question last night and I found it interesting. I think I already know Adam's answer, but we want to know y'all's. If you could erase one album from your memory so that you could go back and listen to it for the first time ever, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um,
1: for the first time ever.
0: Oh, I can tell you. Well, you I know, just, just, no, no, I just got to pull up. I forget. To, I know all the songs. I just got to pull up the album title right now real quick. It was... Um, hold on. It was... Uh, Darius Rucker, Southern style. Really? I didn't. Okay. Yeah. No. Hold on. Hold on. That's not the oh. right album. My bad. You guys keep talking. That's not the right album. Okay. <laughs> yeah. no, bet it's a, Hootie, it's a Hootie record, isn't no, it? No, it's not Hootie. But I first saw who I first saw him as Hootie when I was in college, and since then, he's he's been my favorite artist since. I mean, yeah, straight up. Um, yeah.
1: Dude, I know so. Okay, I know no, I'm sorry. So sorry,
0: records. Darius Darius Rucker, 1966.
1: God. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. a nice record. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, if it for me, it would be, um, Sade's Love Deluxe. Um, I, I don't
2: know what the hell
1: that is. I don't know, that
0: dude. Mike, yeah. Michael, I'm with you. He he just spoke in hieroglyphics to me. Yeah, no, okay. I yeah.
1: Okay. All you. right. So, all right. One of my music okay. head. So that's one of them. the second thing is I play a few instruments and was an artist. So I'm, I'm into a lot of like neo soul jazz music or whatever. A lot of that stuff is very, you know, whatever. And Sade was the queen of that. Like, and my dad um, introduced me to her. I was went to her when I was like 10, maybe. Um, but, but I, when I became, when I grew into adulthood, she put out a record called love the ducks. And it was ridiculous. And I remember playing that record straight through for months and, yeah. and sometimes I will go like, um, and my kids, like they listen to, they listen to music when they sleep and I had created these playlists and I'd put that album on both of the playlists. And every now and then I walk in through their rooms at night to check on them and a song will play from that record. And it takes me all the way back. It's almost like I forgot that I, you know, that, it, that it had that kind of an emotional impact on me. And I'm like, oh, bro, I want to go listen to that record again, you know?
2: Well, that's the interesting thing about some records is I feel like it takes you later in life to realize that that was like because you don't know at the time you're just like, yeah, this music slaps, but you know, it takes you some time to be like, no, that album had an impact on my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Adam, what's yours?
3: Yeah, I'm here. So the the real, you know, the like, the question here isn't necessarily like I would say what, uh, what you find to be the most talented. Or the you know the, the the like the best musical record or whatever. It's more like more or less if it changed your life. And for me, it's a little bit of both actually because it's a uh, City of Evil by Ben Sevenfold. If any, bro, that was my answer last night. Yo, hilarious.
1: that record yeah. was great though, dude. It was <laughs> <it's really laughs> so awesome.
3: It came at such an important time in my guitar playing because that was like way before. I, you know, I was just like a, a kid playing guitar back then. I, I had no ambition of becoming a country artist or even really singing at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was the album. I was just like, like holy shit. I, I just fell in love with those guys after that. And I literally learned the entire album on a $99 uh, Squire Strat that I had got for Christmas oh, when I was like six years old. Yeah. So this was, um, this was, I think... Two thousand and five is when that came out. So, yeah, man, I just freaking I actually, it's funny. I got it like bootleg too. Like, like the lead singer, the lead sung, lead singer of my brother's band at the time. Um, you know, he was a little bit older. And he was like, "Hey, check you know, check this out." And he even spelled it wrong on on the burnt CD, which was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I you know that record just completely changed my life, and and I think like the, just the musicality from those guys alone. Um, and the songwriting too. And it took me a while. It took me actually moving to Nashville and getting into the songwriting world, you know, through country music to go back and listen to that and be like, holy shit, these songs are actually really lyrically well written still. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I love, I
0: love, the, I love, by the way, I just love the reference that most listeners won't even understand, but we understand is what it meant to burn, burn a CD. you know know, and 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 and, you know and you you took your magic marker and you know before that i don't know how old you guys are but for us it was you put a little piece of tape on the top corner of the cassette and you put it into your your two-piece thing and you did the high speed dub which was like only twice as fast (laughs) as like regular time and you wanted to you know record a record a, a cassette for your friend and you know it took 30 minutes instead of an hour
3: <laughs> well for, no way, for hey. the record for the yeah. record mikey and i are both 27 wow well, i sorry i'm 27 he's 28 he just turned 28
0: uh for
3: but uh so my first my actually my first music like my my first album was uh a, a record i guess you could say it was actually a cassette it was um it was the slim shady LP, I think. Oh, yeah. Nice,
0: dude.
3: Was like, which is so weird because, like, I'm not. I'm very sparse on the hip hop, even like still today. But um, I don't know. That just seemed to be. I don't even boy. know
0: how you had a cassette at, and you're only like 27. <coughs> that math seems weird. No, they put cassette. They
1: were putting I cassettes up, out I, to the to to well into the mid 80s, I think.
3: Oh but yeah. Also,
2: farm towns. Oh. They existed a lot.
3: Oh, yes. I was going to yep. say, I grew up, I literally grew up in a double wide. So yeah, I was still listening to cassettes for for quite a time. Got ever. it. Got it. Where are you from? <laughs> I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Western Pennsylvania, just like a little Amish town, pretty much, you know, like just farmland outside of pittsburgh um about an hour and a half outside of pittsburgh it it was we actually called it west Pennsylvania. is where i grew up (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) hey and i want to i want to i want to shout out by
1: the way i I, you can tell everything from a a guitar player by what what uh fender
3: they use and you know stratocaster all the way adam thanks man that's actually uh, (laughs) um you know now, even nowadays, I went back to playing a Strat-style guitar. It's not not a Fender, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was always the kid. I was always a metalhead growing up, so it it uh, that that vibe fits me very well, you know. Yeah, I had Adam to, has uh, an Ernie Ball endorsement now, so it's kind So, of a who, diva. so we can't shout yeah, we out can't. to my Ernie yeah. Ball fam. Hell yeah, yeah this, this Robert, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> shout out.
2: Um,
1: the uh, uh, I had a question and I forgot all about it, so we're just gonna throw that question out. Screw it all. Perfect. I <laughs> love this. Take you know. Why did you take another shot there, Sam? <laughs> was, that's what, yeah, that's what happened. I ran out of bourbon. Um, are you allowed to drink bourbon <laughs> in the morning? Is what, is what we need to know. Um, you're an no. adult.
0: <laughs> I yeah. am. See, Sam, you're an adult. Who's going to say no?
1: I, it's, I, Friday. I, it's, I Friday, it's Friday. I never understood when my when my dad would say stuff like "I am a grown ass man," blah Do blah you, blah. But now I get it. I want I what I what want is what is. I
0: want is I what I want is is for for those of you listening, you, you don't you won't appreciate this because we're doing we do this over Zoom so we can see people we talk to. Hey, when this is done, two, though, no, listen, season two. two, I know, but listen, when we'll bring these guys back on, but when this is done, I want you both to look at your phones, hit the heart thing. I'm curious to know how many fucking steps the two of you have taken. I think you both are at 10,000 steps each since this thing started, right? So, Sam, have you noticed this? I these did. dudes have been walking. 52 minutes so far and you wouldn't know it and the key and they're in like the same cadence like they're actually in step with the entire entire time and one like goes to the door i am dead serious i want to know how many steps are on your phone when this is done because you guys have hit your step count for the for the day it's it's a little it's It's a little mixture of like i'm totally
3: that person you get like if i'm on the phone you could hand me a fucking machine gun and i wouldn't even know (laughs) <laughs> but like uh like not it's not only that, but like also, you know, it's like we're trying to be efficient, you know. I'm like cleaning the house as we go a little bit, you know, before before our day starts.
2: <laughs> I've smoked like 10 cigarettes already.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: he, it's like he's like getting his steps. No, but Adam, like Adam's done Adam's done,
0: <laughs> Adam's done the whole thing. Like we've gone outside with Adam during this. Like people wouldn't know. It's like it's a you yeah. know, it's an adventure, man. That's
3: why you guys need to have video. Like, what the fuck? You know? it's just
2: like our music so, a journey
1: exactly yes, right. no i mean like in some ways we are just like you know we're a little bit like you guys where we we have no we structure had, we, we have, have
0: nothing where, written down it's just well that's not happens. where i was
1: that's not where i was going thanks for giving it away no no but like we uh we started this thing it was more like because it's something we just enjoyed doing it wasn't we weren't really trying to win or trying to be famous and and you know i remember jeff was like dude we got 100 downloads of our first podcast and it had only been like days and i was like no and we
0: were like yeah 100 was, people the, and, no but the crazy thing was it was like i remember it was like 92% like listen to the full hour and i'm like who the why? hell has a, Yeah, why like <laughs> who, who the hour? hell has an hour in their data to, <laughs> to listen to and we were, and i feel bad like jimmy allen was our first guest bless his heart i just i mean he was great like he did it for us that you know as a friend but like if you go back and listen to the jimmy allen episode like it's i was nervous i'm like clearing my throat every like three seconds the (laughs) word um like the the, the whole episode should have been sponsored by the fucking word um and um, (laughs) uh it was just like brought to you by and he um, was great jimmy's story was great and it's sort of like we should go back and like edit us out and just like do like a voiceover asking him the question because his episode's (laughs) great but i feel bad but you sit there and you go again like what who the heck sat through an hour of <clears throat> and, um 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 <laughs> it's sort of like but they were there and yeah it's uh
2: hey were, who the mean, hell who, sat who were, through your favorite bands when they were dog shit right <laughs> right
1: right and and yeah. so i but no I, and it, it is so it is neat i think for us to um to to have you guys on but uh but it's kind of cool for us too cuz it was like i didn't think we would make it here and i didn't think no. that people would even give a shit to be honest so it's it's kind of And listen now we're
0: getting calls Um, like like we like obviously i went to chief and i'm like i need these guys on but like we're actually getting calls from publicists now from and and from people like like stars and they're like oh oh you can we book and i'm like yeah
2: yeah keep going boys that's badass hey to be fair no one gave a shit about us a year ago so like yo keep going man i think if everyone in this life did what they felt like they were put on this earth to do. There'd be a lot more happiness in this world. So Bro, I'm glad that you guys yeah, are doing it, yeah. that. That
1: yeah. is the best way to end this podcast. I will tell you because um, Emily Weisband said something similar. Legend, yeah, and she goes, "It's about purpose, not you know, like we talk so much about calling, but purpose is really what we're all going for. You want to do something that means something to you, and um, and and no one gets that more than than the artist, the songwriter." um you guys are both so you get to you get to feel um your purpose on a daily basis and and you're right like i, I think that is the most important thing so um i just want to say I, I appreciate you guys coming on um no you just, guys have
0: you you have to yeah. come back on season 2 when we got video yeah and and, 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 and we're going to put what we're going to do is we're we're going to we're going to furnish you both with like volcano and the fish like track outfits nah. so when you want you and, and you are doing the laps you can at least be you know
3: Russian, like Russian, like a fucking Don.
0: Yeah, shit. exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, But no, I hope we get to we get to maybe come to a show sometime soon. Like maybe when you guys are in Nashville, we'll come kick it, and we could do a, a green room episode or whatever. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but dude, I, I I'm gonna tell you, uh, we wouldn't have had you on if we weren't already fans. Um, but as people, you guys are dope. So I hope. That those listening to the podcast become fans too. We will absolutely, absolutely be out here telling everybody about you guys. But uh, thank you again for coming on. I want y'all to have a a great weekend. Y'all go check out the new video; it's dope. I was I was watching it on my phone while you guys were you talking at one point. But um, but yeah, y'all go check out after Midtown. You guys uh, tell us where we can find you on web on the web, Instagram, all those stuff. Where can we find you?
2: OnlyFans, Farmers Only.
1: <laughs> farmers <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any anywhere there's social media. As an artist, you gotta have it all. But we, we mostly use our Instagram. So yeah. if you want to chat it up or something, that's probably the best spot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We mostly use farmers only. So uh if you could just get us get at us on there, that's fine. Um subscription based. <laughs> yeah.
1: You just just hey pretty much you just have Mike just tell you know say something sweet to the ladies on Farmers Only just put that up there you got
2: that nice yeah, we'll raspy have... baritone You're like hey ladies how are you would you like Ooh, a yeah. bubble bath? and yeah. I'll be off camera so they just see Adam's face oh that's perfect <laughs> yo big duo shit boys we got to play to each other's strengths again there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man well guys thanks so much man um, and we look forward to big things from you guys and can't wait to have you back on in season two three four let's
2: go same to you always. Thank you guys, man. And
1: that's it for today, folks. Thanks again for listening. As always, hit that follow button. Definitely share it with all your friends. And don't forget to follow us over on Facebook. We have been and will always be GoKano and the Fish.
0: Peace.